Welcome, everybody, to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. This show is being sponsored by BetRivers.com for a 100% sign-up bonus up to $250. Please use the promo code FARLEYODDS. Terms, conditions, and location applies. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. Big things going on right now for your boy, Farley Betts. Please check out my premium pick discounts in the NFL and the NBA and all sports or every month, however you want it. These discounts are not going to last much longer. In fact, I'm going to end the discounts on August 1st because I've been giving you guys, what, like two, three months to take advantage of those discounts. Please do that. In case you don't know, we win a lot. Career 57%. Win rate in the NBA over 130 units won, over 70 units won in the NFL. And obviously, I'm a circle winner, 68% win rate last year in circa, 55% overall in the NFL in my plays the last two seasons. Very excited for another NFL season. Very excited for circa again. Very excited to provide you with my analysis, my in depth perspectives that I think are, are a lot different than most handicappers out there, the way that we approach things. I think that's why we win a lot too, folks. So we're confident. We can't wait until the NBA and the NFL seasons. Of course, I also handicap college football, college basketball, UFC, WNBA, CFL. That's all going really well for us right now, plus units across all those sports, WNBA, UFC, and CFL. So you can sign up for all those extra sports too. If you sign up for a package, I will be sending you every one of those picks along with it. Of course, if you sign up for an NFL package, I'll just send you the NFL picks, but you'll always get some extra picks and extra anecdotes from me. Um, so check us out at theoddsbreakers.com. Check out our premium package page where you can find out more information about that. Uh, that's one of my favorite things that I do. I wake up every morning. I send out my premium picks. I write the analyses um, You know, after, after researching and, and introspection all day the day before. So uh, I just love it. I love that routine. I love commiserating going back and forth with my premium customers and subscribers. So more to come on that. We're at the 33rd team now as the head of betting. A lot of insider NFL content coming from there. A lot more insight and knowledge is going to be slammed into my brain because how could it not at the 33rd team? Some amazing stuff being happening over there. We're going to be back on the BetUS NBA show this year. And, of course, you can find me at Farley Bets across all social media. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's bring on our guest. Oh, as always, the best guest for laying the points with Farley Betts because he's my buddy, my best friend, and he's my circuit winning partner, Steve Norman at Bobo Betts. You can follow him at Bobo Betts on Twitter. That's at B O H B O H Betts. And check out his premium plays at the Oddsbreakers as well. Quite a combination and quite a package there that he offers with soccer and NFL picks. Without further ado, Steve, the NFL coming at you. Bobo Betts is back. On laying the points, and he's here to talk some NFL football. Steve, we got, man, we got what a week until the Hall of Fame game, and a little over a month until the season. All right, I mean, God, what? How are we even handling this in the meantime? This is this is the torture part of the year. I don't know about you, but in August every year, I'm like counting the days. I'm counting the Sundays. How you doing, buddy? The summer going along well, and I know that the Premier League soccer is coming up soon. So, what do you got for us with that? Yeah, things are things are going well. You're right. I mean, it is the the idle time of the year. We got you know baseball pretty much just hang our hats on right now for and you know I really can't get into that as much. But 
Uh, Premier League soccer is right around the corner. Next uh, next Friday, we have Arsenal uh, and Crystal Palace um, meeting up. So definitely looking forward to that Friday, three o'clock, three o'clock Eastern time. Um, but it, like you said, August NFL time, it's right around the corner. Uh, once September hits, college football starts that week before, and then it's full go. So definitely, definitely pumped and definitely excited. Yeah, thank God college football at least starts a weekend earlier, right? Because then we mm-hmm. get some action and um, finally get to see football on TV. I like the CFL, though. You watch any CFL? No, I haven't really ever gotten into <laughs> that. You know, um, you know, the summer is definitely just more time for me to unplug, I think, from a lot yeah. of the other sports and stuff because you know how it is. I mean, when it's our seasons, like, that's all we're immersed in. So I think it's good to have, you know, some sort of, like, break away from it as well. Well, especially with the new family additions you got going on over there. You can yeah. use all the rest you can get. Definitely. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, CFL is pretty cool just because it keeps me afloat. And, you know, to your point about baseball, I announced to, I don't know how many people, I don't know how many people care or how many people are, you know, listening, but I'm not offering any more baseball premium picks for the rest of, for the rest of this season, dude. It is, I mean, the other night I had six picks that, you know, I just got through telling my premium customers that I'm going to really try and filter my plays more because baseball has been so frustrating. But then I had to go with like six picks that day because I felt very strongly about all my – I went one in five, Steve. So, you know, that's enough of that, right? The negative feedback loop that you get from baseball, the variances – I don't even know if we can call it variance. It's like it's like out of this planet, you know, variance. So um, – Baseball, I can't wait to officially put on the back burner and just never see it again, to be honest with you. If we get a Yankees and Mets World Series, I'll be into that. Otherwise, you know what I want to say about baseball for now. But let's get to the NFL. There's a lot of news to cover, a lot of things going on. As always, we're going to talk a little bit about Steve's Eagles today, some of the quarterbacks and their potential on their new teams. But let's start, Steve, with this talking point, which is a very interesting one. Uh, This is something that's never happened before in NFL history where we see a clause on somebody's contract, but not only a clause on somebody's contract and a star player in Kyler Murray, 230 million over five years. Uh, so, I mean, that to me, that alone is like an oxymoron, right? Because you're, you're by giving this person, this athlete, and Kyler is a superstar. He's been a superstar since high school. I get it. 230 million over five years. Okay. So that's saying, I trust you. But then putting that clause in the contract about four hours of film, like without anything ancillary while he's watching, four hours. I don't know how they're going to monitor that, by the way. But that's something that at least I've never seen on a contract. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing from, from smarter people than me, NFL insiders, that it has never been on a contract. What do you think about this, man? What do you think about this for the Arizona Cardinals and their potential this year? Because I, I feel like it sends a lot of messages to the team. Yeah, you know, it is definitely different. Um, you know, it, it was, you know, on social media specifically, a lot of people, you know, were laughing about it, making fun of it. Um, you know, we saw with Jamarcus Russell back in the day, you know, they coaches giving him film tapes and saying he uh, watched them and they were blank film tapes. So, you know, maybe this is just a way teams can also like, you know, cover themselves as well, especially with uh, these giving these bigger contracts now that. Uh, you know, they expect their players to put in the work. I mean, we saw in, you know, in college, these players have to have, you know, study hall times and, you know, make sure they're going to classes and things like that. And, you know, with this new generation technology, maybe this is just a better way of like, you know, 
giving task and having it in paper so that way you know this generation of talent can focus a little bit better but you know for them to pay this kind of money and even have that type of clause um maybe it's because they uh they really see a lot even a more um untapped potential that they think that they can get out of kyler murray so in, instead of just maybe relying on a lot of his physical abilities that they think that there's another next level element that he can hit still if he is you know putting in the extra hours of film study you know, rather just, like I said, re- relying on that physical ability. Yeah, I mean, from what I'm hearing by what, like, other quarterbacks are commentating on this, uh, you know, the the shocking thing for me is that, first of all, one of probably one of the most demanding careers in the world is to be a pro athlete, right? I mean, you, you would think, especially to be a quarterback of a team, which means you're the leader of the team, that it you probably should be eating, sleeping, drinking, et cetera, this sport, this career, you know, and maybe Kyler's passion is still in baseball or something, or maybe he just doesn't have the same passion. But yesterday's quarterback, this was a standard, and it probably wasn't four hours a week. It was probably more like a few hours a day. And I don't think it would ever have to be in the contract. You know, you think about the Peyton Mannings, you know, um, even even maybe the quarterbacks who you don't assume look at a lot of film, you know, like an Aaron Rodgers, right? He likes to play that playground football type two. You know, that, that's kind of a common trope on him too, right, is if you switch up the defense at the last second, Aaron Rodgers may not be able to know what's going on. He prepares to, you know, he'd rather be a more natural quarterback. But he pro- – I mean, that guy probably at least puts in 10 hours a week of film study, I would imagine. It's just a requirement, you would think, Steve. And to the point that we've made on this show before about some of these athletes and, and a point that I make all the time in the NBA is the modern-day athlete I think is just changing a little bit. They're, they're just not built the same, right? It's a Generation Z thing. And if there's any Generation Z folks on this call or on this call, yeah, listening to this podcast, no offense. You know, Steve and I are going to have Generation Z and below kids. So we get it. But um, it's a different mentality, Steve, right? I mean, the, these players have been stars since they've been in high school and then in college. And they're used to being worshipped, right? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe the maybe the goal for them is a contract like this, right? That's the goal. It's not about winning a Super Bowl. It's not about even winning your division title or whatever, you know, take care of your family, you know, have everything you want in life. Like maybe that's more the goal. And while I can't hate on that, I mean, I would certainly love a $230 million contract. I don't know. There seems to be a generational shift here in the type of quarterbacks that we have. I mean, Kyler Murray is one of the first generation Z starting quarterbacks. And his mentality just seems a little different. I mean, do you think there's anything to that? Because, you know, you still have Trevor Lawrence's out there, right? You still have Patrick Mahomes out there, like young guys who are dedicating a lot of hours. So it's not, it's a case by case, you know, situation we got going on here. But it seems like there's more tendencies for this kind of athlete in today's world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you look at like a guy like Kyler Murray, it seems like a lot of these contracts now are, you know, predicated more on like fantasy numbers. You know, you have a guy like Jimmy G who has uh, probably done everything he's been told, made it to a Super Bowl, made it to an NFC championship game. And now he's the second string on his on his uh, on his team, you know, so we're, we're looking more for these dynamic more rounded quarterbacks that, you know, are able to escape the pocket, move around, play that playground style of football. And I think that's just more where this league is going and they're going to get paid because of it. And they might not, because they have all those types of skill sets, 
not have been relying on, you know, putting in the classroom hours, focusing on film, focusing on coverages as much as, you know, a guy like Jimmy G who doesn't have all the skill sets and really has to be a student of the game. Yeah. And, you know, it sucks because not to get like overly deep into this, but I think the, the new generations, they want more rights. They want more flexibility for the players, right? That that's kind of the narrative, right? In the NBA and the NFL, players are getting more power. I get that. I'm I'm in support of that, right? College athletes too. If you can't make, if you're not a starter on your college team, then you could just enter the transfer portal, go somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? Look at uh, Spencer Rattler, right? Went from Oklahoma, now he's in South Carolina. Couldn't be, you know, he he. Didn't earn that starting bid this year, right? He kind of lost it, so he just moved on to another team. While I like this empowering the athlete stuff, and a lot of that is a, is a result of the unchecked power of owners and these you know franchises and these universities for uh, decades, right? So, so I I get this reaction, but to I think you know for people out there who are supporting and athletes empowerment let's not act like this is a hundred percent a positive thing because if you're an athlete especially a pro athlete especially a quarterback on a franchise team that has a lot of talent and probably should have made the playoffs last last year after starting seven and oh you would think that there would be some kind of responsibility and accountability for the organization itself right and i think some of this is cliff kingsbury too man i mean cliff cliff kingsbury even even when he coached in college, right? He's a losing coach the second half of the season, uh, but he's a younger guy who just kind of lets his quarterbacks be who they are. So maybe that's going to work. I don't know. Maybe it's a case-by-case basis. Maybe with certain coaches, the Sean, Mc, Sean McVay's out there, you know, uh, the Shanahan's, uh, maybe it works. But I'm not sure if it's going to work these days. And from a betting perspective, I do think, especially in the second half of the season, from what we've seen, you know, this might be a Cardinals team who there's probably going to be some discord within this organization. Once Kyler Murray makes some mistakes, right, and he's out there, people are going to immediately start questioning, is it because of his lack of film study, et cetera? The players are going to know that. The players are going to hear it. They're going to question his commitment. And that might be an angle that we can bet on this year on the Arizona Cardinals, especially in a stacked division like the NFC West. Yeah, one thing I just want to add really quick. Um, you said uh, about Arizona starting seven and zero make the play. They did. They actually did make the playoffs. That's the thing we we do forget about that because they got blown out the first round to by the Rams. Oh yeah, by the Rams. That's yeah, right. yeah, thirty-four yeah, yeah. to eleven. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's how I'm. Um, like made the playoffs. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're right though in the sense that they started out seven and zero and fell off that hard. You know, ending, um, I believe eleven and six on the season. So like, yeah, very bad at back end of the season. So I think. That's another reason, you know, you saw a team start off 7-0, and you know, look and covet it as one of the best teams in the NFL, and then their last half of the season, they were one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and then their start, their quarterback is getting paid astronomical amount of money and now having weird clauses that we're not used to, but could be a norm going forward. Yeah, um, that's funny because I just wrote the team preview on the Cardinals, so it's funny that I – for. I forgot that they made the playoffs, but I mean, they went down 21, nothing at the start of the first half of that wild card game to the Rams, the same, the same Ram team Rams team that they beat at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I don't know if that's like a team teams are like able to adjust to the Cardinals and what Kyler does later in the year, because they, you know, they kind of see that there's not a lot of adjustments from his perspective. 
I don't know, but it's something to watch for this year. I don't like it for the organization. Uh, I think it sends a horrible message. And I mean, it's embarrassing to put that clause in a contract, man. It, it, it very, very hard for me to see positives coming out of that situation, but let's move on. Let's talk about another star quarterback in Russell Wilson, who in my mind is still very much still a superstar in the NFL, carried his team in the Seattle Seahawks for a very long time and without an offensive line for about 10 years. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's been going through a lot there. Now he gets uh, a refresh in his career, Steve. He's wearing the jersey to the first day of, of camp, <laughs> rolling up in that big-ass truck he had. That's a pretty clean truck that he has. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but how good do you think this guy can be in Denver, man? And what do you think about you know people kind of ragging on Russell Wilson for some of his social media commitments and doing all this you know other stuff? I mean, he's he's in the twilight, I guess you could say, of his career now, but he's taking care of his body. What do you think the – uh potential for this Denver Broncos team is this year behind Russ well you know first of all addressing like the social media stuff and whatnot I mean it's the offseason everyone's bored no one else has it no one has anything to talk about so any little thing that's put out there is going to get blown up everyone's going to talk about it um it's only baseball on like we talked about so I don't know I don't really care I uh you know the guys at in in, uh, a new team new situation and I, I think he has a lot of upside, but we, we know in Seattle, he did not have a good, a good offensive line. And, you know, in Denver, he, it's not the best, but it's definitely an upgrade. So I think that right there is a significant upgrade for him. And it was never really a, about talent for Russ uh, around him, you know, wide receivers in Seattle were good running backs were, were, were decent. And, you know, he's going into the kind of the same situation, I think here in Denver, um, he'll have more time. I think to be able to sit in the pocket, go through his progressions rather than, you know, bail out of the pocket, have to do everything on the move like he did. And we saw year in, year out in Seattle and especially how that's caught up with him um, near the end of his time there. Also, you know, with the Broncos have a decent, uh, decent defense and they're going to be playing half their games in mile high. Only knock would be like their division is the hardest in the NFL. So there's going to be some bumps and bruises to get there. But I think anything less than a playoff berth for Russell Wilson in his new situation would be a disappointment. Yeah, 100%. And just looking at their win totals now, um, I haven't jumped on it yet because, I mean, for my listeners, all my listeners probably know this. I don't, I don't love, I don't love futures in general. But I mean, gotta lean under. I think a little bit for this. I, I think, I think the sky is the limit for the Broncos. But ten is kind of absurd for a Broncos team that's in the AFC West with a lot of unproven things this year. Uh, but just, I mean, on paper, Steve, to your points, you know, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, the third, two very legit running backs, which I think you need in the NFL these days, right? You need a, a one-two punch, maybe more of a quick guy, more of a, uh, you know, a quick guy and a power guy, right? So they, I mean, they have a great setup there as long as they can both stay healthy. Uh, Corlin Sun and Jerry Judy are, are very, very formidable wide receivers, and I'm expecting even bigger things from Jerry Judy. Uh, and then, yeah, they, they still got plenty of guys on defense. You know, they don't have the defense of two, three years ago, but uh, they, they have a lot of young, hungry guys, and they know how to draft for defense on this team. So, yeah, the I don't know. The criticism of Russ and the social media, last time I checked, you know who's also doing that? Tom Brady a little bit, mm -hmm. LeBron James a little bit. Like, Winners, guys that just keep on winning, right? I mean, they're just working on their brand. They're working on their careers. They know that they have a life after football. Yeah. From what I've seen from Russ, man, I mean, his preparation and the way that he comes 
ready for these games. Uh, his, I mean, he's obviously a little corny, but he's 110% always committed to his team and to, you know, I guess he's not going to say go Hawks anymore. He's going to say go, go Bronx or something, but uh, you know, it's a different situation for Russ, but I think we're jumping the gun a little bit uh, or at least a lot of his critics are out there on, on a quarterback who's done great things on, on not great teams not great Seattle teams in the past. So I kind of like that this is a fresh start for Russ. Uh, I don't, I don't really think there's that much to worry about from, from his perspective. We'll see what else happens with the Broncos this year. Let's move on to the team that Steve is repping in multiple ways. He's got Eagle socks on <laughs> Eagles hat. Eagles oh, yeah. shirt. <laughs> uh, Jalen hurt and the Eagles, man. Um, we talked about it a little bit before on this show, but let's go a little bit more in depth. What are you hearing? from Philly sports radio and news and everything, how, how, I mean, I guess they just started their training camp or their, uh, uh, is it called, is it, is it training camp right now? That's what it is. Uh, or yeah, I think so. Training camp. Yeah. 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 They're showing up to, you know, they get the spring stuff that's like optional and now it's called training camp, whatever. Uh, what are you hearing, Steve? And, and how hyped or are you starting to get a little nervous about all the hype? Well, you know, um, you know, the hype in the beginning uh, when we when all these moves were being made, you know, getting AJ Brown and on the on uh, meet, social media, ESPN, you see, you know, are the Eagles contenders now like Super Bowl, things like that. You know, was, we were kind of like, all right, let's pump the brakes. I don't like having this much hype, especially with a team that was supposed to be rebuilding last year. Making the playoffs was definitely uh, a treat if for an Eagles fan. We were not expecting that at all. And now all of a sudden the expectations are there. So that definitely kind of does scare you. But, you know, A.J. Brown lately, if you've been listening or seeing anything in the last month, has been going to bat for Jalen Hurts, you know, mm-hmm. calling out rumors that Hurts struggled to practice, saying that they were fake, saying that this year is Hurts' season and he has it spelled S-Z-N. And then you see a picture of them both. He, and A.J. Brown's wearing a hat that says Hurts' season on it. And so it just seems that, you know, this big time receiver has already here, hasn't been there that long and has already bought into Jalen Hurts. You know, if he wasn't, you know, doing well, if he wasn't prepping well, we know how receivers can be. We know how they can be divas, you know, things like that. And if he's already going to bat for a guy this much, you know, that has to show a lot of upside and promise. You know, here I am sitting on my couch, so I'm not the one catching you know, the balls from Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to trust in that, you know, that A.J. Brown really does like what he's seeing from Jalen Hurts. And for him to go out and say that he really believes in Jalen Hurts, I, I might not think it's not all hype at this point. Granted, you know, those are things you should say. You should have your quarterbacks back as well. But but overall, I think Hurts has to be training somewhat uh, up. Having a full season under his belt and the team buying into him like we just talked about, I think the hype is there for a reason, and time will t- uh, uh, tell quickly if we should believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things going Jalen Hurts' way entering this season. According to a lot of experts, number one offensive line. Mm-hmm. I, I love adding A.J. Brown because even – I mean, 6'1", he's not the tallest guy, but he's a thick, like 225-pound 6'1". And if there's one thing I noticed about his tenure on the Titans, man, in those like third down and six situations, right, or third down and eleven, who did who did Tannehill always go to? He's getting the ball to him. Yep, AJ Brown, and and much more than Julio Jones last year, even right. Julio Jones acclaimed as one of the best wide receivers of all time by some uh, NFL players. Tannehill went to AJ Brown because AJ Brown got open. 
And for Jalen Hurts, who can extend plays, we know he can do that. He was great running the ball last year. Uh, you know, he's, he's a great athlete. Um, giving A.J. Brown more time. And then you have Devonta Smith. And the great thing about Quez Watkins, who, you know, it's it's just – it's all just, you know, hype for now. We don't know if Quez Watkins, Watkins is going to be great on the Eagles. But he's the third – you know, he's a slot wide receiver. That's a great spot for him to start with this team. Unlike unlike other teams, right, where you got like the Colts and some of these other teams who they need rookies to do stuff for them right away. Quez Watkins can just kind of, you know, find find little openings in the space that's going to be there in the defense anyway. So it just feels so much. I mean, I I know it's a lot of hype, but if this offense can't produce on a consistent basis, then that is a significant. Uh, I mean, that's a significant downgrade to either Jalen Hurts or their coaching or both because they have all the tools and the talent. And most of all, in the NFL these days, you need speed in your passing game. And they have that through the roof, you know. And then you got a defense that's probably going to be pretty formidable too. You know what I like about this for the Eagles too? And Steve's going to say I'm a 5% Eagles fan. Trust me, guys, I'm not. <laughs> but, 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 I, but I, you know, I tell like it is objectively with this. I love that the Cowboys, I mean, Jerry Jones is already putting pressure on the, I don't know why he does this every year, but he's already putting pressure in the media on Dak saying Super Bowl or bust. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the Eagles are going to start four and one, Steve. I, I feel that strongly. I mean, they got the Lions, the Vikings is going to be tough, but that's at Philly on Monday night football. Kirk Cousins Kirk is not good. The <laughs> there <it is>. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you have the commanders. Okay. So you have to go to Washington. Wentz has to play his old team. But I don't like the Commanders this year, and then you got the Jags and the Cardinals. So I think a four and one start is very formidable, or, or very—I keep on saying formidable—very plausible. People, you know, things get a little interesting from there. You got the Cowboys, Steelers, you got the Colts and Packers coming up, and then you have the almighty New York Giants. Good luck. Uh, but but I think you guys are going to have a hot start. So then the hype is going to get really real, Steve, mm-hmm. because you're going to be four and one. Your win totals are going to go up. Uh, probably the lines are going to start to adjust. So I'm going to look to take like a mid-season step back on the Eagles because I think that they're going to succeed right away. But, you know, mid-season things are going to get tough. And if they're lined a little too strongly against teams like the Colts, Packers, Steelers, et cetera, uh, that I, you know, I think I think it might be a good move to play on those other teams at that point. But um, I'm, I'm excited for you, man, because, I mean, at least, at least one of us can be excited about our teams. I think the Giants are going to be better like we've talked about on this pod. But I, I do think that the hype is well deserved for the Eagles. So, I think that, I think that's a great uh, call by you, especially just in general with sports betting. That you know, the first five weeks, there's a lot of uh, teams that are overhyped. For, we saw like the first three weeks with the Panthers get, go, starting three and zero last year. Lines, uh, you know, adjusting more in their favor than I think by week four. Philly was dogs against them and we hammered Philly and Circa things like that. Like those are the those are the teams, and those are the type of. Uh, things you want to look for. So I, I do, I really do like that. Absolutely. And if you're looking for win totals, like if you like the jets over, which apparently a lot of people still like the jets over, I don't know. Why, why would you bet on that? Now the jets start their, their season facing the a, the AFC North. They face the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, the first, first four games, the jets aren't going to win a lot of those games. So why not take the Jets over at that point? The Vikings start against the Eagles in Week 2 of Monday Night Football, against the Packers. The Vikings could start 0-2. Why not take their over then? But if you like the Eagles over, I might I might take it now. Uh, so, and, then, and then maybe play back on it midseason. That's a good point. I mean, like, what, are, what, are, what is the Vikings total right now? 
Is it's it nine? Nine, and if if you like it right now at nine, uh, let them start out zero and two, and then if it just to what eight, then yeah. you're, you're getting good value there, even because you right now you like it at nine, and right. you know, there's 17 games, so it's not it's, it's actually uh it's actually a good good logic there I think to uh get get the best line for your for for what you think would happen. However, they start two and zero, then you're out of that that play. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and then and then and then you're probably have a little bit of regret not taking those yeah right (laughs) so then it goes back to if you like a number and you like where it's at right now just take it yeah 100 you gotta yeah but you gotta play all these games in your mind right the best time to do it Mm -hmm. all right let's move on to trey lance uh trey lance apparently will be the starter in san francisco a team that is built to go deep in the playoffs they're stacked on defense. We know the speed they have on offense. We know how creative Shanahan can be. Um, so what are what are your thoughts, Steve, on on the potentiality of the 49ers this year? Let's see where their win total is at. Um, I have all these in my back pocket. It's at 10 juice to the under, actually. Of course, that's a very competitive division. We've talked about the 49ers a little bit, but let's do a little bit more of a deep dive on Trey Lance. Um, what's your perspective on him entering the season? Well, you know, I think uh... – I think San Francisco is in a great position here with quarterback. You know, they have Trey Lance on a rookie contract um, and still can take their time with Jimmy G with whatever they want to do. You you know, we saw the rumors that, you know, maybe there was a possibility of him going to Seattle. I think in Jimmy G's best interest, that would not, that would not be good. I think we'd be looking at him in his back nine of his career immediately, especially with that O-line and them rebuilding. But for Jimmy G, specifically right now, I think San Francisco is in a great position that they can just sit back, wait, kind of see what happens in preseason, the beginning of the year. Unfortunately, people get hurt, quarterbacks get hurt. And if there's a team that's willing to to, um, to have to replace a quarterback, you know, early in the season, kind of like w- what we saw when Eagles were able to move Bradford out for a first round pick, we could see something like that potentially happen with, uh, with um, Jimmy G. As for Trey Lance, I mean, you gotta you gotta trust in Kyle Shanahan at this point. He's done nothing but really had a, had as a winning career, young coach uh, with Jimmy G was able to you know will their way on the road, multiple playoff games to get to the NFC Championship game. And if he's able ready to uh, give that all to Trey, there must be something he's seeing in Trey that he feels that there's another dimension, another wrinkle to their offense that will put them over the top because their defense is ready to win. And they've already proved it that they're able to keep themselves in games, especially like we saw against green Bay in that playoff game. So I think it's the right move because you got to just trust in your head coach and they drafted uh, Trey Lance first round for a reason. And this was the reason they don't think they can get it done with Jimmy G, but Trey Lance, they think they can. Yeah. You know, the, the thing I think about when it comes to, to the 49ers is week, um, week 18, right. Of the NFL season last year, we remember that fondly, Steve, because that's the day that we found out that we went four and one in Circa, probably going to win a pretty big prize. And if we remember that game, right, the 49ers fell early in that game. They were down 17 to three at the half. But who stormed back in that second half? Jimmy Garoppolo, 14 0 um, margin in the third quarter, sent it into overtime. Jimmy G and the 49ers win in overtime against the Rams, secure their spot in the NFL playoffs, you know, and then they go, of course, to the conference championship and they lost to the Rams, but in a really close game. 
that's all Jimmy G. And Jimmy, it's not all Jimmy G, obviously, defense, you know, play calling, blah, blah, blah. But Jimmy G has been in these situations before. So, you know, it, it's really tough for me, Steve, because I'm, I'm like pulling and pushing. And I'm wondering, okay, Trey Lance, I agree with you. Trust, trust in Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he knows what he's doing, especially on offense, right? He sees something in this kid. All the reports about this kid is that he's very bright. He's very committed. You don't have to put a film study clause in his contract. Uh, so he has all the tools. Obviously, he's got a lot of the physical attributes. But is he going to be clutch in those big game situations? Because when you face defenses like the Rams, the Packers, potentially the Eagles, at the end of the year, you are facing – I mean, this is real deal, clutch football, high-pressure football, and that's a different mentality, right? We don't know how well Trey Lance is going to do in those scenarios because we haven't seen him in those scenarios before. So uh, as I see it now, I think the 49ers are going to be a really good regular season team. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll smash the Bears in week one. Uh, maybe that's a circuit play. I don't know, even though, you know, week one is always testy going on the road to Chicago. Uh, but it's still all up in the air for me, man. I don't want to make any bold claims right now because for me, I, 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 I agree with you. Trust in smarter minds than myself. But these, even these great minds, Shanahan, et cetera, all the people talk highly about Trey Lance. We haven't seen Trey Lance in a high-pressure situation win the game for his team. You know, we saw him against the Houston Texans in week 17 win that game. That's a little different. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Jimmy G's been at the helm for a long time. And now they're going to hand over the keys and, and they haven't asked him to do much in the past. So it's just a big adjustment for Trey Lance. That's a lot of expectations for Trey Lance. And this is a team in the 49ers who are also at 10. The under is juiced, I think, for a reason. Um, but I, I think if you like the under, probably now is still the right time to take it because, uh, I don't know. Just so much up in the air for this team. Anything else on Trey you want to say? Um, no, I, I just think uh, I think the, the I would definitely lean towards the under. I think as of now, especially you know second year quarterback, there could be those growing um, those growing struggles like you talked about. I mean, it's not like the uh, the Forty ers had like an uh, abs- absolutely like great record last year. Um, you know, they they got in a, the wild card spot in the playoffs, so. Were they a 10-win team last year? They might have been a 10-win team, but... We're not. Yeah, so... I think, they, I, I think they were, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... It, I just had their schedule up right in front of me, and I got rid of it. And that's definitely going to, you know, it's going to be close. And that's why the line is where it is. So, it could definitely... They could definitely just be a 9-win team this year. Oh, they were... They were... Um, yeah, they were 10-7 and seven last year. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I think I think the under on that is juice for a, a good reason. It makes yeah. sense. So, isn't it still weird saying ten and seven? Like it was always yeah. nine. It was always nine and seven or ten and six. It was yeah, never ten. Right. <laughs> it, it does confuse me. It was like it's like the crossover from uh, how many people said San Diego forever after the Chargers went to L.A. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Yeah. All right, let's talk about one more quarterback. We're running short on time here, so I, I wanted to talk about some of the new coaches in the NFL. Steve and I will break down the 10 new co- ten new coaches. Almost a third of the league has a new coach at the helm. We'll break that down in a future podcast, and we like to keep these podcasts shorter. But let's talk about the situation in Carolina. Uh, Sam Darnold said, we're both the starting quarterbacks right now. Okay, Sam. <laughs> uh, you know, his, his that offensive line there, and Carolina is ranked 24th, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, which seems like a pretty conservative estimate for an offensive line that's going to be re- relying on a lot of guys to improve, you know, do 
do better, you know, young, young offensive linemen this year. And you look at their roster, and obviously you have an all-world talent and Christian McCaffrey if he can stay healthy, for Christ's sake. Uh, but then, you know, Robbie Anderson, they have an interesting dynamic here with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Obviously, DJ Moore is a taller wide receiver, so Baker maybe doesn't have to be as accurate with that guy. Um, I mean, he's six foot. He's not like too tall, but, you know, he can get up in those long balls. Robbie Anderson's a long ball guy, too. Terrence Marshall Jr., an unproven third wide receiver. I don't know who the hell Tommy Tremble is. Is that a draft pick that they got this year? I guess. uh, I don't know. He's their tight end. But, man, I see a disaster coming here for Baker and for his career, man. He's walking on the field a few days ago. He looks out of shape again, you know, thinking he's the man. Um, what do you what do you think about this Carolina team? I know you're not too strong on either one of these quarterbacks. So, I mean, do you see yeah. this team getting to where are they listed right now? They're listed as six and a half right there with the Jets, which is an interesting um, combo. I mean, do you, do you see any potentiality for this Carolina Panthers team? I mean, Baker is a competitor. We know that, you know, when it's going good, it's going good for him. When it's bad, it's going bad. Um, He's too up and down for me. I I don't really think he's as as was kind of exposed. You know, he wasn't able to get the ball to uh, Odell Beckham in the end zone. A lot of missed opportunities. Um, Don't know if that was more of an issue with him and Odell, but, you know, you got to kind of think that, okay, he at least had to have a lot of time with Odell to try to build some chemistries, you know, coming in relatively short amount of time to be working with his new receivers in the grand scheme of things of having a, a full off season of a couple of years, like he did with Odell lingering shoulder injuries. Ultimately, I just think he's a guy that is going to go to Carolina, maybe, maybe win like six, seven games in the next couple of years. And then, three years be out of Carolina onto the next team as a backup. And I think we're kind of seeing the, uh, the start of the back nine of Baker Mayfield to really just see him holding a clipboard in the next three to four years. I totally agree with that assessment. I think, I think we're seeing the beginning of the end of his career. Um, Again, I've said it on this podcast before, but he played under a top five offensive line for his entire career there in Cleveland. Um, and I know he faces Cleveland week one. That's probably a spot where you want to play on the Panthers. I know Steve already has. I think that's a great bet. Uh, but you look at their schedule. I mean, it seems like, first of all, pretty much any team in the NFL could beat the Panthers, but you know, maybe except the Falcons. I don't know. But, I mean, you got the Giants and the Browns at first, but then you got the Saints, the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Rams, the Bucks. I mean, holy shit. If you think – if you if there's any reason why – one of our listeners, you know, if you think that you that the Panthers are going to improve, you, I think you have to wait. You know, you have to wait until a little bit into the season. It's going to be a lot of losses those first seven weeks. Week eight, they face the Falcons. They face the Falcons actually twice in three weeks, starting, or yeah, uh, in, in week eight and then in week ten, and they got the Bengals sandwiched in between. So, um, <laughs> listen, man, the talent is not nearly as good there. In Carolina, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, you could argue, was on the same level as the Cleveland Browns running backs. But what's to, you know, what's out of his game at this point? I'm not hearing anything about Christian McCaffrey in the offseason and like how, how fast he still is, how quick he still is. I'm, I'm sure he's in good shape, but it's that's still a big unknown. Don't like the wide receiver talent. Don't even know who their tight end is. Um, and then obviously a lot of question marks on defense. So you got to figure this is a Panthers team is going to be trailing a lot. So, I, you know. I'm going to be looking at interception 
uh, totals and some of these games for Baker Mayfield. I think that's a pretty good prop. To, I mean, assuming that he's a starter or, or either one, really, Sam Darnold or Baker, if there's interception props, um, I think they're going to be pressured, blitzed a lot. It's not going to – they're not athletic. They're not going to be able to get out of these situations. And they face a ton of good defenses in the first eight weeks. So I think maybe a prop play that you can uh, attack are those interceptions per game. It doesn't matter who's starting at quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, but for some reason, I mean, Steve and I are, are struggling identifying a reason. But if you have a reason why you like Carolina this year, I would wait. I'll just put it that way. I would I would wait until at least a few weeks into the season. I like I like how you ended that though, Steve. He's going to hold the clipboard in a few years. I think that's a pretty pretty. Yeah, yeah. with a with the little headset hanging down and a clipboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's going to be on NFL shows someday, and then we're going to be on better NFL shows someday. So we're going to be like talking down to him and shit. It's going to be awesome, Steve. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, um, we're going to wrap it up because we're over 30 minutes. I want to talk about the 10 new coaches that are, are starting with these new teams this season with Steve on the next podcast. Steve, maybe we can have you back next week or the week after that. Yeah. You know, I'd like to space it out. To, you know, when you have a big name like Steve Norman coming on the podcast, you got to space it out a little bit. But I'm going to I'm gonna promote you here, Steve, because you deserve it. Steve is giving away great discounts at the Odds Breakers right now in the English Premier League and the NFL. Hit at fucking 58% last year. So excuse my language, but uh, nobody does that in the NFL, folks. So if you're listening, 58%. I don't know if Steve can follow that. That's really tough to follow, but he's going to have to. Yeah, he's going to have success this year. So check out his packages at the Odds Breakers. Uh, check us out at the Odds Breakers. Steve is on Twitter at Bobo Bets. I'm at Farley Bet. Steve, any parting words? I mean, we're, we're, of course, we're going to say some, you know, it's not like you can go. But, and, and Steve and I are going to hang out on Friday to watch the first uh, Premier League games. Yeah, opening Premier League game. I haven't um, dug into it 100% yet, but uh, look out look out for my article uh, coming next week on that. So that'll give you a, a free pick for that one just to kick off the uh, opening game on Friday. I can't wait for these seasons, man. I'm, I'm pumped. All right, until next time, Steve will be back soon. See you later, everybody. Steve and Fucking go. See you guys. Hey. Thank you.